The material contained in the following program is designed for informational purposes only. It is not intended to replace existing training policies or guidelines of individual law enforcement agencies. This is Stuff You Never Ever Learned at the Academy from In the Line of Duty. Hello, I'm Ron Barber. I'm calling this Stuff You Never Ever Learned at the Academy because that's what this podcast is all about. Of all the words spoken in 2020, perhaps none had more impact on police and policing than just three. I can't breathe. When George Floyd was heard multiple times exclaiming he couldn't breathe, it was to start a national anal exam of law enforcement tactics that resonates to this day and has taken on a life of its own. What we found when producing our training program, I Can't Breathe or Can I?, was collective agreement among our technical advisors. Whether it's a subject declaring he or she can't breathe during a stop or arrest, or I'm having chest pains, I have COPD, my pacemaker's effed up, or fill in all the health utterances possible, officers have absolutely, positively got to deal with it. In fact, retired Sergeant Herb Hood, a line-of-duty technical advisor, 33-year law enforcement veteran, former Cincinnati Officer of the Year, puts it very bluntly. If, if somebody says to me that they're having heart, uh, chest pain and, uh, and, the, and the cop says, I think or I know they're lying, what should I do? It's very simple. Call the, call the squad. Call the squad. Call them help. They, they could be lying, but how do you know they're lying? Are you going to risk, you're going to risk that person's life because you think somebody's lying? You're going to risk uh, that family's losing somebody because you think they might be lying? And then, uh, you know, be selfish for a second. And I know cops aren't selfish and I'm not asking them to be selfish, but the liability is are you going to risk your career and your agency's reputation and and, and have the entire country be under some sort of scandal because I took it upon myself to think somebody's freaking lying to me. Well, they didn't look sick. They didn't act, you know, whatever. So here it is. Very simple. I mean, I, I, I don't want to make it more complicated than it is. If somebody says hey, they feel bad, they're sick, you know, I got back pain, I got chest pain, I think I, I, I blew my knee out, I'm going to puke, I can't see out of my right eye, whatever the case is, call the squad. Get a supervisor there. Start start the paperwork right now. Start documentation. Get your camera on. Use the camera to help you and have the EMS people already responding to document it. And so and so if if I just lock somebody up up and they start getting sick, well, there's no use of force. It's an injury to prisoner. We document everything because as soon as you don't document something and something happens. And then, and then you're playing catch up. It gives the appearance that you're hiding something, that you're sinister, that you did something wrong. Over document the shit out of this stuff to, to make sure everybody is, is on the same page. Um, and, and of course, you know, cops, I don't want to do any more paperwork. Well, I don't, hell, I don't blame them. They are buried in paperwork. 
and they're doing paperwork and they can't they can't get to the next radio run and all that other stuff and be proactive. I, I understand it. But the fact of the matter is the question is, hey, um, somebody says they don't feel well, call EMS. We need to have some more training to start looking at people. And if they're gasping, they can't get their air, they can't do this, their shoulders are coming, whatever the reasons and stuff like that. You assume you think you smell that something's wrong, call for help and, and document it. Another line of duty technical advisor is Dr. Andrew Dennis, head trauma surgeon at the Chicago Trauma Center. In addition, amazingly, Andrew is also a full-time law enforcement officer with two Northern Illinois SWAT teams. He's the head medico for the Illinois State Police, and his take is pretty much a mirror reflection of Sergeant Hood's. And if you have someone in your custody, you are responsible for them. We know that people will claim things all the time to try to get out of custody. That's your responsibility to maintain custody. But I think that you have got to give credibility to an individual's complaints when they say, I can't breathe or it hurts because you haven't evaluated them. They've been through a stressful ordeal. You've been through a stressful ordeal. You've got to de-escalate yourself first and then make a rational decision. But if someone complains that they can't breathe for your own protection and for theirs, because you are responsible for them once they are in your custody, you have to give that a degree of credibility. And you have to, you know, that then life threat has to be ruled out at that point in time. You know, you don't know who you're dealing with. You don't know whether they're asthmatic. You don't know whether they have bad coronary arteries. If they were fighting with you and you and you now have them in custody, people can have heart attacks. People can have pulmonary embolisms. People can have asthmatic exacerbations. They can have exacerbations of COPD. So you don't know what their baseline medical history is. You don't know what their baseline is, period. You, yes, you have to initiate control of the situation. And once you have that, then you have to give credence to any complaints, subjective or objective, that they may have at that point in time. Okay, now that's settled. Let's be honest. Any cop who spent more than about a half an hour on the street knows that lying and liars are a deadly hazard of the job. And that definitely includes those who would, shall we say, attempt to prevaricate, fabricate, or just lie through their teeth about health conditions. Retired Sergeant Mark DeBona, yet another line-of-duty technical advisor, says that long ago, EMTs gave him several scenarios where such fakers could be readily brought into the light. I had a paramedic show me this um, years and years ago. Is um, Some people would uh, go, go along with their chest pains and the I can't breathe. Some people would, would fake they passed out. They would just fall limp. But if you notice the way they fall, they would never fall face first. They would always fall backwards. Well, the FBI would call that a clue, okay? And number two, what, what this paramedic showed me, and I absolutely loved, and it, it just brought back, brought back a, a memory when you said that was, he told me, take their arm like this, lift it up, lift it up, and drop it over their face. He goes, if they're legitimately passed out, their arm will hit their face, hit their nose, hit their mouth. If they're not passed out, they'll just follow the arm that way because they don't want to hit themselves in the face. So I, I, when somebody faked they were passed out, I would do that. And I only had one person hit themselves in the face, one person that, that, that did that. 
So when the medics or the EMTs got on scene, I say, hey, I did that arm thing, whatever it's called, and, uh, and they, they, their arm fell to their side. And, and you can see the medics both look at each other like, okay, we, we know, we know that where, where this is going. Mark, what other tricks of the trade have EMTs passed along to you throughout the years? One, I remember the sternum rub. They, uh, they would rub people and just put their knuckles into their sternum, which is very uncomfortable, because you go deep. And as you know, when you do CPR, you go, you, you go deep into the chest. Most time you do CPR, you break some ribs. Um, so they would do the deep sternum rub, and all of a sudden, boom, your people would wake up. Imagine that. Or they would use the smelling salts. They would stick it up their nose, uh, which, which I, I enjoyed, because they would stick it up their nose, and we used to we'd look at each other, go, wait for it, wait for it, then boom. Oh, what, were you, what was that? Or they would ask questions um, like, um, do you know what day it is? Uh, who's the president? Uh, how many quarters in a dollar? Uh, th things like that. So they would ask, these, oh, oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know who the president is. Really? Serious? You know how many, you don't know four quarters make a, make a dollar? Come on. So those are questions where they can go down to ER and said, I asked the, I asked the patient this, and they said uh, they gave this answer or that answer or, or whatever. So those are like the little bit of the tricks of the trade. Uh, one thing I used to do, I'm actually thinking about a lot of things now. One of the things I used to do also was when somebody uh, passed out is I would pinch their nose. Just, just pinch their nose enough to stop the, the, uh, the airflow going through their nose. Their mouth is open. Eventually, they're going to do that snort. They're going to, oh, oh, whatever. If they're, they're, if they're passed out, pinching their nose is, isn't going to do anything to them because they're still breathing through their mouth. So... So I, I used to do things like that. These are tricks that older cops and paramedics taught me through the years. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I, I called some people out. Said, listen, we, 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 we know you're full of BS here. All of a sudden now, you, you know, um, you're rising and walking. Isn't that, isn't that amazing that I, uh, I pinched your nose? I, I should be, I should be a, the chief doctor in some hospital because I just cured you of your, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, and making quadruple my salary. So, uh, and I would call them all. I said, listen, we both know you're faking this, but we'll go back to the liability thing. I would still call the medics. And that's pretty much it. Even if their lies are so apparent their teeth are brown, call the medics, cover your ass. Here's how I look at it. You walk up to a perp on the side of the road for whatever reason, okay? And they blow out the words, I can't breathe. I'm not a doctor. I, I, I have no, no, no idea uh, what's, going, what's, what's going on. Is that a um, excuse not to be arrested? It, it probably would be a 50-50 in my opinion. Sure, there's, there's, there's an absolute reason. But none of us want to be that cop that says you're full of shit. No, 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 nobody, nobody wants to be that cop. And again, that person dies in your custody. Or, or, and look at how the media has portrayed um, uh, George Floyd, all these incidents where, caught, where people have died in police custody, and most of the time they say they didn't get medical attention, they didn't do enough or anything like that. And as we know, Ron, we're in a world now, your agency will look at you as a liability and you're out. That, that's, the, that's the bottom line. So if you offer this person uh, medical assistance, you've, you've CYA'd, and what, at this point, as much as I hate to say this, like you're passing the buck, but to a point, you're letting a medical professional determine what they're going to do with that person. Is it, is it a cliche that people are saying that they get out of trouble? Sure. Look for our new training program, I Can't Breathe, or Can I, in 2021.
and wherever you are listening worldwide. Keep us in mind for online training and distance learning. Simply go to lineofduty.com, click on the red square, get a two-week free preview if you are a member of a bona fide law enforcement agency, school, academy, or organization, or individual. Lineofduty.com will open up a whole new world of training and education for you. Thank you for listening. Feedback for me, email ron at lineofduty.com. I'm Ron Barber, and that stuff you never, ever learned at the Academy.